Well, I don't count my like one and it was like a year or nine months I landed in LA for, which is like yeah. where I made this, started this record. But um, where you uh, started the the new, new record, record, yeah. But then, uh, yeah. So technically, I don't count that. <laughs> like eleven years. So you went to LA because you were working on a new record? No, I don't know why I went there. I just like ditched. <laughs> you're, you're my, from I, there. I, yeah, I'm from there, but I I basically I was here for like ten years, and then yeah. I hit my like decade, and I was like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Maybe LA. Why I thought that was a good idea, I don't know. Well, I'm from California originally, and I have noticed that in the past three or four years, probably about a, a quarter of the people that I know have moved to Los Angeles. I don't know why there's been. A mass migration. Apparently, it's less terrible than it used to be. No. No? That's <laughs> what I'm hearing. I don't know. I don't know if people are just justifying it to themselves. That's what I... I mean, gosh, yeah. I don't want to be, like, such a hater. I feel like... You know, I'm gonna... Yeah, I don't quite... I mean, he, I. the thing is, cars also give me a total panic attack, yeah. so... That was like, I don't know what I was thinking. Because that certainly is still get, getting to be a worse and worse problem every year there. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard Uber maybe makes it a little easier mm. to live out there. It does. It's cheap. It's much cheaper than here. Yeah. Uber and Lyft are much cheaper than here. But it's still like if you end up in a car, it's sort of like here, I just find it easier. You can do yeah. 10 things in one night if you want to. You can see all your friends doing all the things they're doing in one single night. Unless you're one of those poor people who's like stranded on the subway for two or three hours, you can't really complain about it. Yeah. I mean, you can and you do and it's yeah. something we all do. But at the end of the day, it's still a much better system than just about any other city I, in the U.S. has. I am, Yeah. No, I love the I love the subway. I'm a subway person. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I feel like in LA you can only sort of do like one thing. You end up doing one thing because yeah. it's so far to get there. You have to commit yourself to a certain side of yeah. town. Yeah, yeah, and then that's you know. But if it sucks, you're stuck there. You were in New York for ten years. You felt like you needed a change of scenery. Mm-hmm. There must have been something that drew you to Los Angeles. I don't know. I think I like I ended up stranded there for three days, like um, from on a tour. I guess like we had, we ended up having three days off there for yeah. whatever reason, and I was like, "Hey, this is all right. It's, I could do this, maybe." And my well, my family's there too. That's how they trap you. Is you <laughs> spend three okay days there, you're like, "Oh well, well, you know, I'm able to fill up three days with mm-hmm. of not being terrible. This must not be a terrible place to live." Yeah. Oh my God, we're haters. I'm sure that you get this too, because you know you 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 tour pretty frequently, and I, I get to travel around a bit for my job, and um, I think this might just be part of being a New Yorker, but everywhere I go, I romanticize a little bit. And I I try to, you know, go through all the motions in my mind of like, if I could live there and what it would take to live there and how my quality of life would be different. Yeah, I do. I do that. But to varying degrees everywhere I go, but it usually lasts like mm, 30 seconds. Yeah. And I don't know what got into me about LA where I was like, this is what needs to happen. Um, you know, actually, what did happen was I was offered some crazy housing situation, which I took. And then somebody offered me, a, like, a weird job that seemed like a good idea at the time, which turned out to be a terrible idea. But, like, it seemed like this perfect storm of, yeah. like, whatever the universe. <laughs> somebody, somebody somewhere saying, was telling somebody you something. Somebody somewhere was saying, yeah. you've got you to move to L.A., which, like, whew, yeah. I'll tell you how it started. Mm-hmm. I got bed bugs. Oh, I'm not it. afraid to say that. You know what? I don't LA... think people, until they have bedbugs, people don't realize how life-altering of an experience that is. Yeah. I mean, also, just in case you don't know, listeners, having bedbugs doesn't mean you're dirty. Uh, people don't know the basics of bedbugs. Yeah. The basics of bedbugs are 
they can come from anywhere. Yeah. You could be sitting in the movie theater and one can like hop on you and then the next thing you know, your life is over. It is. Have you ever had? I mean, I don't. I, I, I don't no, no, blow no, up no, your no, spot. no, no, no. It's fine. I have. I. Uh, you think I have? <laughs> no, I, I was an early adopter. I had bed bugs before it was cool to have bed bugs. Yeah. I had a roommate whose name I won't mention on the podcast, but knows who he is. Who, uh, oh when we God. were like, when you know, we were like pretty broke, and we were at the like dragging furniture in off the street. Oh my goodness. Mode, which I think is probably fine for most pieces of furniture, but he dragged a mattress in off the street. No. And this was like. I don't it must have been eight or nine years ago at this point so it was yeah. before like bed bugs really started making a comeback yeah yeah and I went to a dermatologist trying to f- mm, figure out what was going on mm-hmm. so and then then we figured out it was bed bugs and sort of like do you remember the velveteen rabbit yeah I do but you get scarlet fever and they have to like burn all of his belongings oh yeah it was like the, it's that kind of situation where you have to you get an exterminator in the place and then you while the exterminator is in your apartment you're doing your laundry and putting everything in like a in a plastic in bag. Plastic bags. And it's you have to house throw herpes. Up. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. It's a nightmare. And I was so terrified of them before it actually happened to me. And you know what happens? Like I think I think I got them on the moving truck from New York. Because what I realized, oh, this is the other thing. If you're going to do one of those things where you, you put all your stuff in a truck with other people's, just make sure that well, you you're... got them in on the way to L.A.? Yeah. Because you know what? They just throw everybody's stuff into the same... That was just like New York's big final fuck you. Yeah. It was like... No, I think it was it's like, don't... What are you doing? Like, don't leave. <laughs> okay. Like, don't leave. Yeah. Yeah. That's how my... That's how L.A. started. You might have colonized Los Angeles for bed bugs. You know what? Fun fact: LA is has is is higher. They have now have a higher rate of yeah, bed bugs. Yeah, since you moved there. Yeah, I know it's all my <laughs> fault. I brought them. Yeah. No, Columbus, Ohio, being the, the number the really? number one. Yeah, because of college, dirty. No, dirty. Yeah. They're not dirty. Dirt. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, people just taking their each other's furniture off the streets. Yeah, and probably there, in college, you know, sharing beds a lot. Dorms. Oh yeah, yeah probably. Oh my <laughs> goodness. That's the first of the seven plagues. Yeah, I was you like go the to LA, and then that's like yeah, that that's was like the locust. First. That was that was like the first one. That, yeah. It wasn't even like the worst one. It was just like it was like bad thing after bad thing. Yeah, bed bugs wasn't the worst thing. No. Wow, that's a pretty no, high bar. It was really crazy. Yeah, it was a really crazy time there. Are you one of those people? I mean, it sounds like you, you might be because when you talked about feeling like you're maybe getting a sign from the universe to move there, when you actually move there, and the first thing that happens to you is getting bed bugs, do you take that as a sign that maybe you've made a terrible decision? Yeah, I don't know. I had so it the whole thing now that I it's weird because now that I look back on it because it was really this chunk of time where like all oh, is crazy it was like architecturally designed yeah like that anything like any door I pushed open yeah was like slammed in my face so now that I'm like on the other side of it it really was like crazy in terms of opportunities yeah like everything like my house my housing situation yeah. like my money situation like my family like was going through a tragic time like it was just like yeah. Everything, every door, music stuff, just like everything was like a black cloud that I tried to do. I mean, I was like, I ended up on a, uh, I ended up on like a, I was like catering. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. I was, it was crazy. I was, I was like catering weddings such an with thing. actors. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> it so, was crazy. I guess it's easier to move out there from the standpoint of now that you're a, a solo artist. You can theoretically kind of go out there and, and start something. You don't have to worry about 
the band and everything else. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. I mean, well, the, the thing is, like, I was in this weird, I didn't even, I couldn't, there was so much going on, I couldn't even, like, conceive of, I was like, I couldn't, I can't play music right now. But then eventually, um, I I was like, wait, I really want to make a record. And I don't know, things started, that's when things started to turn around. I started making music. I turned my uh, closet into a studio? sound studio. Yeah. yeah, and I started, like, the demos for what was album. was there a period where you you just couldn't you couldn't make music? Yeah, like two years. Really? Yeah, about two years. Like you couldn't write? Mm-mm. Were you performing? No, I think I I, did, I tried to do like one little tiny West Coast tour, which yeah. like was ended up being a little disastrous. That's crazy to me because you know I, like I look back on the things that you've done, the various projects between like the solo stuff and obviously the earlier bands and some of the projects in between, and it seems like you've got a pretty consistent flow of music. It seems like that. Yeah. Like I def. I mean, I did that project Beverly. Yeah. I, I bailed. Um, yeah. on the second one, and then, <laughs> yeah. But I don't. I don't really count that. I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. I don't really count it. I mean, yeah. When you're able to do it, you're a pretty hard worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one was against all odds, though, because I was like, I was like, I don't have a label. I was like, kind yeah. of in, I'm in like label jail. Like, I didn't know like who was gonna put it out. I didn't really have any money. Like, it was just, I thought it was just gonna be like. How do you get in label jail? Because your last two records were pretty well received. I don't think the last one was. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I liked it. So, fine. Would, I mean, would you, I mean, but like... I didn't even have a music video. It was crazy. Yeah. It was just like so under the radar. Like, yeah. it didn't get like any. Like, I don't know. People didn't even know that it came out. It was really weird. Does Interstellar feel like an anomaly then? What do you mean? The first solo record also kind of flew under the radar. Yeah, but that, that one weirdly like got some. I don't know why. It's it's so weird. Every time you put out a record, like you really don't know like yeah. what is gonna happen. Like. It can seem like it'll be nothing, and then it's something, and then vice versa. Like my last record, um, here in Wild, was supposed to be like it was supposed to be like a bigger record, hmm. and it just was sort of like it was sort of like just didn't even have a music video. Like I don't know what happened. It kind of yeah. it's always an adventure. You it's just like, don't it's know like what's gonna happen. Oftentimes, it's up to the winds of whatever the label's dealing with at the time. Right? Oh yeah, or yeah. her. I mean, yeah. Like there's a lot of it's. Or the, what's happening in music? The zeitgeist of like what's happening in music, like <laughs> yeah. if like what you're doing is making sense with that, and I don't even know because also I've been doing kind of the same thing for like a while. So, in terms of what, just being a, a solo artist? Yeah, just making records, yeah. making doing what I do, which yeah. I think it's a lot easier sometimes to be like I'm a hot new whatever <laughs> trap artist. <laughs> You know, <laughs> that would be an interesting career turn for you if you <laughs> yeah. do decide to go in that direction. Yeah, it's definitely not going to happen. What happens that two full years of your life you're just unable to do the thing that you do? I don't know. I think that something is really. I think that I I always do the thing though. Actually, someone pointed it out to me. Like a a journalist actually was like, I think you say like every time you make a record that it's going to be your last one. Yeah. I guess that's something that I say, and I don't I don't know why. I don't know what I tell myself. What is the voice that says, this is it. I'm never doing this shit again. I'm done. What does it feel like to have something like that pointed out to you? I was like, really? I don't. Yeah. I mean, actually, I went back and I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm just dramatic. I, I, I can honestly say that, though, like after like after this experience with L.A. and like making this record and like ending up like catering and being like, wait, I was a musician. Yeah. No, I swear I was. I yeah. don't cater weddings, you know, or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with that. 
But um, I was like, um, I just was like, I got to make a record. I want to be a musician. What This is what I do. And like, I'll never say like, I won't ever make a record again. Like, yeah. I'll, I'm always going to make records. Is that like your career version of hitting bottom? Gosh, maybe. Yeah. We've all been in situations like that, but there there are certain career paths or, or places, certain jobs. You know, you mentioned bartending earlier. This, that's probably mm-hmm. one of them as well, where it's a lot of, especially, in, I mean, no more so in any place in the world than L.A., where it's kind of a confluence of people on their way up and on the way down. Mm-hmm. When you're on the other side of things, when you've had that when you've had a success mm-hmm. and you find yourself there, maybe you won't take that success for granted anymore. Yeah. I, I, you know, I feel like I feel a success. It's so weird also in music. It's so hard to say, like, what's a success and yeah. what's a failure? Like, I, and I realized that in my own mind, I kind of created both of those scenarios. Like, where I was like, this album was, this album did really well. It was yeah. a success. This one was a failure. And like, I feel bad about it. And it was completely based on like externals. Sure. Like, I realize that now. And, and and you're saying that success should be an internal thing? Like, yeah. Like, you feel 100%. that you've done a good job? Yeah. It doesn't matter, like, what. It doesn't. Well, one, like, how can you. Yeah. Why? I'm going to make this, spend all this time and energy and, like, making this thing. And then I'm going to, like, hand it over to other people to decide whether it's a success or, a, or like, a failure. And I'm going to, like, react emotionally to that. That's, like, insane. It isn't. It isn't. Because, you know, it's, I mean, that, that, obviously that's a nice way to think about it. And you should be making art for yourself. But at the end of the day, in order to be somebody who's able to professionally make art, it it has to actually be an external success, right? I mean, well, in you order need to, to make, do that for a living. To make money yeah. from it, if that's what you mean. Yeah. If, and if, and if, if money defines, like, what being successful do I mean, you know what i mean a lot of people it does I guess so yeah but gosh i know so many like talented amazing sure. people that like will never see a dime yeah it's like yeah it's I, crazy but they could be talented and their, their thing could be really good but is it successful if it doesn't get out into the world i don't know i, I think what's dangerous is is when you base your like your self worth sure. on that, sure. like are you or you're telling yeah, yourself yeah. like that? Oh, I'm a success or I'm a failure. Like this means this means like I'm worthy or like this means I'm not worthy. Like it doesn't in the world of in the realm of making art and like being a creative. I think that's like really damaging. You know? Do you miss the the support structure of a band? Uh you mean like writing songs with them or if your project is a critical or commercial failure? And you're the solo artist. Oh yeah, it's totally on you. Yeah, that's totally true. <laughs> and if you've got, you know, if you've got a band, I mean, if things are going well, it's kind of like a team, right? Yeah, that can be nice. It's a lot like being married. I mean, I guess yeah. not that I know what that's like, but I imagine <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's like being I've heard. <laughs> so I've heard it's like, uh, you know, you're like your team, but then also, you know, when things are going bad or like, I mean, it's all you're just married. You're like, yeah, it's but it's there's beautiful things about both like doing something on your own versus like having partners it's like um but i do have like an amazing band that like it is on the road with me and they're so awesome and they do support me in a lot of ways i try and support them also but but yeah writing with other people i don't really miss that yeah and i usually have a producer around that's like i think is a genius so it makes things nice were you writing with other people when you were the drummer i mean the drummer doesn't always have that role in the band totally oh yeah, yeah. like 100 i mean yeah. well not in dum dum girls but in yeah in oh 
Vivian Girls, yeah. Yeah. Completely. Obviously, they're two very different bands. Were those two really different experiences in terms of the dynamics of the band? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like one was one person's vision and the other one was actually a group? Mm, yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every single every single band has a different dynamic yeah. or like writing structure or like how things are done. And it's... But like, 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 like you go see a band like Dumb and Girls and it's like, yeah, somebody clearly has a very clear vision of what mm-hmm. this band should not only sound like but look, look like. like yeah you know there's like there's like a, a aesthetic consistency inside the band i don't know if i met i don't know if i met the height or weight requirement to be in that band but you know. yeah yeah but you had been wanting to do the solo thing for a while. yeah i mean now that's what well, why i actually left that band um and i think i was doing crystal stilts at the same time as that um yeah. but yeah i was working on that first record and then that came out and then it was like impossible for me to do both like really impossible yeah to, to tour in both bands and I think I did a South by Southwest that year where I did like 14 shows in like four days and like I had a panic attack in the bathroom yeah. it was crazy I mean obviously you only have a finite amount of time and energy but um, I mean in a way I've, I've found that it's oftentimes you're more passionate about something when it is kind of your side hustle when it is a thing that like that you kind of use whatever sort of precious extra time you have you pour into it that in a way that kind of makes it a little more precious right hmm i don't know i don't know i'm trying to remember what it was like to be doing both of those things but i think no i mean one was like i was playing drums and it was like i didn't know what to think and it was like a full-time party yeah. being in that band pretty much yeah. it was just like i'm having a really easy nice time here guys yeah. and then the other one was really like my first solo record so i was very passionate about it yeah so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Gosh, it's been a while since I've been doing two things because this is all I do now. Obviously, you're back in New York. Yes. And the record, the record's out soon, right? August 11th. All right, that's was that next week? That's like a week or two. It's from a now. week away, I think. So, oh my god, I can't, I can't believe it. It's crazy. So again, two year period. You're not making music. Mm-hmm. You're catering. Mm-hmm. What's the initial spark? Like, how did you actually start doing it again? I don't know, actually. I don't know. I think I just, I, I started really slow. I was just like, yeah. I really had to like, I was like, I, 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 I made an effort. I was like, I would like to start writing music again. And I would just set aside some time every day. And like, yeah. and I also had to tell myself that there wasn't um like a time. Um, I wasn't under like deadline. any kind of deadline. Yeah. It was totally like open. Yeah. Uh, which was true. I mean, it took me like a long time to make this record. That's kind of a double-edged sword, though, because uh, you know, I, I find that a lot of times deadlines are actually helpful when it comes to producing something. It yeah, it can, it can be. I mean, like it's it's interesting. Like Interstellar, um, I took a lot of time with that. Yeah, I, I, I kind of did it the same way. I like piecemealed it together over a lot of uh, over a long time because. It was like the resources that I had available to me. I was reading an interview that you did right around the release of that, um, and I sort of got the impression that you're making the first record because it so flew under the radar that you didn't necessarily know that you'd be able to make a second record. Yeah. So, you, so not knowing if this thing is ever going to happen, you oh, were rushing to get like it out the, into the, the world. The first one, the like Frankie. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I feel like you never know if there's going to. Now it's like is I, yeah. I don't know. But, but I mean, you can always. Uh, you know, I, th- that's a flip side of it, though, is you, you, you can always just do something. You can you can make a record. Yeah. Well, now, gosh, now also it's totally like I can just put out my own record. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I really, that's how it is now. 
that's how it's a little different. Like you, you kind of still, I feel like you kind of still needed a label back then unless you were really DIY, yeah. you know, like wanting to like, yeah. you know, it's crazy. It wasn't that long ago. It really wasn't, but things have really changed. But yeah. now it's sort of like, oh my, I think labels are pretty like, they're not that, yeah. you can do everything yourself at this point. It's not. Yeah. I mean, you have the, you have the tools to do that. You know? Yeah. You've been doing this long enough that you can kind of be a self-starter, right? Yeah. I mean, I know how to do it. I mean, I also have been doing this in an in incredibly DIY manner since yeah. I was like 24. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd never had, like, I started out in punk bands. Like, but we would, like, sleep in ditches yeah. and, like, steal from grocery stores. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, not, it was not, like, a bus tour. No, you know, it was, so, it was punk. Yeah. And it was fun and it was great. And, I mean, it also set set me up to, like, know, to learn how to do everything myself if I, if I yeah. wanted to. I can't imagine booking my own tour at this point, though. That sounds. But there, but there was a sense when you started writing for the record that like you knew that some way or another this thing was going to happen. No, not no. really. No, I made it. This record was made totally just on like faith of yeah. that something would work out, and like it did. It totally did work out. Was, how uh, how painful? Like after not writing for two years, and really, it sounds like in, in a way, kind of having to force yourself to do it. Is it a, is it a painful process when you're starting up again? A little bit. I feel like it's like when you um when you stop going to the gym yeah. for like seven months yeah. and you're like, oh gosh, it's just... Was your stuff bad or those first couple tries? So, I mean, no, I think yeah. it's fine. I mean, yeah, I have some like stuff that I haven't used, but yeah. I might go back to it and turn... I mean, everything for me starts out so like basic. It's so like... It's nearly, imp- I had, and also like every song on almost every single one of my albums, there's like seven versions of everything. Yeah. Like, I, it, nothing is like, I, I, I don't know how to do the thing where I'm like, oh, I wrote the song in 15 minutes and recorded it. Like, you know, here it is. It's, it's beautifully imperfect. Like, I don't. Didn't you kind of have to rush your third record though? Yeah, but it, I mean, it didn't, it just made me crazy. Because yeah. we did like 13, 14, 15 hour days in so the studio. So you actually, you, you basically spent the same amount of time it would have taken, but you just jammed it into a much yeah, shorter timeline. Totally. Yeah. And that record, that re- that record, wow. It's the most meticulous one I've hmm. ever made. Like everything was, I almost want to say like squashed to death. Like yeah. I, I kind of like. Ah, I like squashed. You the weren't life able out to step it. back from it. No, and and I was able to go. I had money on that record. I was able to go as far as I wanted to go on that record. And I kind of, uh, you know, you, you went know, a little too far. Yeah, I kind of wish I had like the the art teacher that was like, okay, it's it's good now. Like, yeah. like step away. It's perfect. You I know, had the, I had this conversation happen. with um, you know, John Vanderslice. No, he's out of San Francisco. He's a he runs a he. he He's a, he's a mus- he musician in his own right, and he runs a studio in San Francisco called Tiny Telephone, which is, like, all analog. Ooh. And I think it's the only all analog studio on the West Coast or something really? crazy like that. And, you know, his his main argument against Pro Tools is it's not even about the sound because, you know, let's be honest. I mean, it's gotten to a point where digital sounds pretty close. Oh, my God. You wouldn't know the difference. But UAD plugin. his main complaint is that it almost gives you too much control over the process, right? That, you know, because you can sit there fiddling with everything, you'll spend, you know, two days working on a snare drum sound and you'll just, you'll produce everything to death. Yeah, I've done that. Um, I've done that. And I think that there's something, and that's kind of what this record was about also, was being able to, because I have versions of it. I really have some versions of this stuff that went that far. I mean, that are, it was so overly produced. Yeah. That it was like icy. 
Yeah. I mean, they're, they're different. They're so different, yeah. those, those versions. But they're, like, icy. They're, like, perfect. They're, like, perfectly in time. Everything was done in the box. They were more, like, demo versions. But they were, like, so icy. And to the point of being, like, kind of bloodless, actually. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I know what that's like to overproduce yeah. something. I have to imagine that a lot of songs for you come together in the studio because when, when I think about you kind of like writing something on like an acoustic guitar or a piano versus the production, I mean, you do these really sort of like luscious, like spacey sounds. That's just a big part of the music that it probably sounds really different when you first go in to record versus when it's actually oh, on tape. Yeah. If I showed you the stuff that like how these things start and then also if I'm with an engineer and I'm like, it's going to be like this. It's going to be huge. But, like, yeah. it just sounds crazy at first. Like, yeah. it doesn't sound like – it sounds like a child's – a children's song or something. Like, yeah. it doesn't – there's no, like, where things go. And that's what I mean. Like, it took me a really long time to make this record because it's, like, really lush, you know? I worked on it for a really long time, like, in 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 studios. So – You feel like this one is – even goes kind of a step beyond in terms of that? Eh. Nah. <laughs> just different. I mean, I think they're all, like, really, like – big tracks there's like you know there's a lot of tracks in every song and they're they're big songs when you first started doing the solo thing did you know what you wanted you to sound like um no i never have um (laughs) but you do i mean you've you've got you've got a sound i always had like um ideas like i knew on interstellar i knew that i wanted to go more pop like I wanted to have yeah. more sample drums. I wanted synths on it. Yeah. I knew I wanted to go in that direction of like more synth. Yeah. Like more synths. Um, and you know, but I've always had these like influences. Like I, well, I just had this sort of like file cabinet of, of influences that I don't really even think about. It's more just like I'll write a song, um, and there's like sounds that in my mind, like when I hear them, they're appropriate. Yeah. Or like they're like what I want to hear. And so I feel like um, anytime I make a record, it's just like this kind of like melting pot of all of those sounds that I, I draw upon that I think are like good and acceptable and like that I want to hear. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I, somebody, you know, I, I, I somebody was, wrote something about uh, one of the, the singles that's already been released on the new record and, and compared it to the Twin Peaks theme. And I was like, yeah, I can... That I, I you know that. what I was super stoked because yeah. like she nailed it or whoever yeah. wrote that like that was totally like a, that sort that of was like totally airy synthy sound it was a totally an Angelo Bottolamente yeah moment. yeah yeah like I love Julie Cruz yeah so like and and they and and like she got it yeah and I'm like yay that's cool because I was when I hear that song to me that's like what that's what you want to sound like yeah or but. I didn't mean to. I wasn't like, I'm going to write a song that sounds like Julie Cruz yeah. or something. Like, But it's like in me. But it doesn't sound like that when you're first putting the song together because it can't no. because you don't have the instruments to create that no. sound. I'm not Angelo Bottolamente. Yeah. I'm not Julie Cruz. Yeah. But it's like inside me like that <laughs> I love that music. Yeah. And and so I'm really psyched when somebody like gets, yeah. gets like that. So, so that was cool. So, uh, so <laughs> subject matter wise, I mean the um, – Red Red Museum. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Particularly the opening of that song. It's kind of a bummer of a. Oh gosh, I know. Kind of a bummer of a song. Was that? I know. Was that directly influenced by the uh, the time period that you're writing it in? It always is. Yeah, I I you know when I'm like doing when I actually get down to writing lyrics, it's always like when I'm recording them. I never have like I never like yeah. sit on lyrics. I don't I don't I'm not like a person that's like write something and then is precious about it and like holds yeah. on to it and is like this is a poem like it's beautiful like I'm gonna like 
I hear a lot of people talking about sort of the notebook that they carry around yeah. and phrases. And... <laughs> I write songs well, like... good for them if they that's can do great. that. That's yeah. great. I mean, that's not me. I, I think I it's amazing. I wish I was that organized. I don't. No. <laughs> I really, I feel like lyrics for me are like a time capsule of what's happening. You know, sometimes I'll write them like the day up. When you talk about that period that you're starting the songwriting, the, the lyrics aren't even part of that process? No. That won't it's come just, until later, really? usually. Yeah, no, yeah. I'll think, of, I, I mean, no, I, that all, yeah. it all happens later. What does a song look like before you actually get into the studio with it? It's just kind of a melody? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. I'll have, like, melodies, and I'll, I'll have, I'll have, like, the beat and the melody and the bass line, and I'll know what, I'll know what's going to be, like, a singing, yeah. sing, the, the vocal parts. I don't necessarily know what it's going to be about that's a big leap of faith though that all of that's going to come together in the studio it's crazy yeah i mean there yeah. must be there must be times when it just doesn't i feel like i have a few songs where i'm like wow that yeah. just that didn't really work did it oh but well you, but you need to like but by the end of the day or the week or whatever timeline you set for yourself you need to have created a song out of it you can't just it's scrap true it. no you can't i feel really lucky that I've been able to get to a place with all the songs where I'm happy, like where yeah. I'm happy with them. Like I just, I feel like that really is like, I, it's like by a miracle that it happened. Like, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how it happens to me. It's like when you're starting to make a record, it's like you're, you're like beginning the climb up Mount Everest. Yeah. Like, I don't know how it happens. It's crazy. It's yeah. such a, it's like making a movie. I mean, not really. That's way harder. But they have, they have so many more people. Yeah. Like a million people. <laughs> Getting back to that subject matter of that song, was that influenced by the, all of this shit that you had dealt with in the period oh, sure. leading up to it? Oh, yeah. I was incredibly cynical, I think, yeah. at that moment. Yeah. I, I also really like the idea of like a really cynical love song. Love song? Yeah, yeah sure. Was, was, it, you know? was it? I mean, it sounds like you might have been dealing with some depression in there, too, if you were unable I, oh, to really. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. it might have been situational, though. Like, yeah. I don't know if I'm, like, very much of a, dep- like, a depressive. No, but... no, I mean, I mean, it often is. I've dealt with that myself, and, and you know, the times that I have dealt with the depression, it, it has been because of external forces, and, and you're right. When shit happens in your life, everything hits at once, you know, like, I... Isn't it? Doesn't it? I mean, it it's to, it so crazy. To... I don't know why that is. To me, it's just so crazy to me. I think sometimes it's kind of a little, little like, self-fulfilling prophecy, but also the worst depression that I went through I had you know been laid off of a job and then I ended a three-year relationship Mm. I think that was probably because I was dealing with the depression of Mm -hmm. not having a job and that stuff just kind of snowballs that was the first time in my life when I think I ever really dealt with uh, it's called anhedonia what is that that's that's the uh when 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 you're dealing with depression and you're unable to like uh, enjoy art appreciate art and I think create art so like you ah. can read books and listen to music. I've had that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had that. Yeah. But I, I mean, couldn't that, make anything. Is that is I that might, is that I what might even re- suffer from that like every time I make a record because it's really sure. Wow, I didn't know there was a name for that. All yeah. right. I mean, it sounds like that was kind of what was holding you back. Is you were just oh sure, yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. That does sort of like speak to to the to the lyrics of that song. I'm like gonna try to paraphrase it but isn't it isn't it something along the lines of nothing that you do means anything or <laughs> basically <laughs> uh, what's the exact uh... oh no don't make me quote them all <laughs> die i can't it's like you, oh my gosh i'm so shy about lyrics it's yeah. funny uh yeah you know it's just it's like an internal like dialogue of like everything you know is a lie and it's yeah. all gonna fall apart and yeah. then like you know it's but then 
ugh, it's just I can't. I can't. But, that, so but does it, that sort of speaks to the idea of spending all this time making something and then what's what's the end game? You know, like what's the best case scenario? Yeah. I'm all gosh, that's so depressing. Well, yeah, and, then, and it seems like it seems like like every every album you're dealing with something like basically the like musical equivalent of like postpartum depression, right? C- kind of, maybe. Uh, but then, and it, but then, gosh, and then, it, but then it gets it gets made, and it's yeah. so exciting, and it's a whole. I do. I feel like it's an artifact. It's always like an artifact. Like when when I make a record, it's like the it's cathartic. It's huge i don't know it's it's what's left over yeah that is a nice thing about having something like that comes together in a studio like that and something that you can't necessarily really recreate on stage is that you've made this sort of singular work yeah yeah maybe that does become problematic though if you i mean is it is it hard to do the songs live when there's such a product of the studio um I struggle with my live show. I I think that it's totally po- I've done it before. I feel like <laughs> it, it's like a it it kind of to really get it to where it's like wow, this is so this is like the record. It's it's a lot of footwork. Yeah. And it, it takes an awesome band and it's it's like hit or miss to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. The like, live show. Yeah. It can be like totally exactly like the record, and yeah. um, or it can be a total disaster. I haven't seen you live solo, um, but do, I mean, do you feel like that's one of the things you risk is when something is made in studio like that? I mean, do you feel that the songs themselves are sort of strong enough that you're able to reinterpret them without all of that production? Some of them, <laughs> yeah. Some yeah. of them, yeah. I mean, a lot of it's, but. To me, it's they're so separate. They're like two totally separate things. Yeah. Like I'm only interested. I mean, I love performing, and it can be so amazing. Yeah. I've had, I've had amazing moments on stage, and I'm enjoying it more and more and more all the time. Especially when my band is so amazing, which they are. But I do think they're just like these two totally separate things. Like all I really care about is making the album. That and to me, the rest is it's just something totally different. Hmm. Like I'm not trying to like, like there are such different experiences. Yeah. Like because. I'm. I feel like. I don't know. Like my friend said that I had like Dolly Parton banter, you know. And then I'll like play this like super goth song, you know. And then I'll be like say some ridiculous just thing like in between. Super cheery, or yeah. What is I mean, I'm just like it's like yeah. talking to me in person, but I'm yeah, on yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of it doesn't make any sense. I think that I is kind of funny because you know you are a very like energetic person, and then you just be like, okay, here's a song about how nothing means nothing, right. and it's a love song. Yeah, it's kind of it's a- funny. I mean. Yeah, it's uh, some of the songs though. I mean, they're fine without all the yeah. all the stuff. In terms of making music, what is the most purely enjoyable experience for you? Like, what do you actually derive the most pleasure from? Mm, probably when the end of like when something is really coming together in the studio, when it's like finally like yeah, like at the end of like my vision actually coming together. Is it the performing? Is it li- like listening it back for the first time? Uh, no. Gosh, no. actually that can be torture. Like when I, when something, after something is like made and like the goal is achieved of like the song is done, it's yeah. perfect. Then it's like torture for me to hear it ever again, actually. It's like, I don't want to hear it anymore. Yeah. Like I'm done. I'm done with it. I'm so done with it. I don't mind playing it. That's something totally different. Also. So wait, I'm trying to isolate this part where you're actually like really having fun doing it. Like where in the process is that? 
I have a little fun the whole way through, but sometimes <laughs> it's just like an OCD crazy thing. Like, yeah. I just need it to be like this. And then when it actually becomes like the, the thing, the when the painting yeah. is done, then I'm or like it's about to be done and then it is done. I'm like, yes, it's perfect. It's made. And then I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> are, are you are you able to get to where you were where where your brain was as you were starting it? I mean, are you able to actually? It's just not the same thing. No. at that point, so, no. so things evolve. They just they yeah. come into. I'll have a sort of vision for it, but of course things will change, and I like want happy accidents to happen, and and I'll know if I don't like something, yeah. like gut feeling. So I'll be like, oh, that's wrong. Like that beat needs to change. There's something weird here. And then I know when it, I mean I kind of know when it's done or like when it's you know. Are you hard to deal with in the studio? Probably. You're you're definitely a like a micromanager. <laughs> I when it know. Comes to this I, stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> no, I'm so nice. I'm so nice. But, but I, you're I work... very particular. Oh gosh, yeah. Yeah. I really am. I mean, it's funny because on this on this album, I got kind of I was like alone in the studio for a really long yeah. time. Like I got handed some keys okay. to a very nice studio because of circumstances. And I was just like alone, and it was awesome. Yeah, I was just like went totally nuts. Oh, but so, so, by so myself. this is like this is a scenario where you would be the most happy in life is if you could just have a studio to fuck around in. Probably, except for like you know what the problem is, I don't have the kind of insane skills that I would like. Yeah, I wish I did. You're able to do a little bit of everything. Yeah, I mean, you could play. Yeah. to some degree, just about every. Yeah, I can necessary. play everything pretty crappy. Yeah, but but like. You know, sometimes you need someone that's not crappy to yeah. do something. You're able to sort of build the skeleton of a song and then have people totally. come in. and Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and now that you've kind of formed this band around your solo project, how much control are they able to have in their parts of the process? Mm, I like that. I'm mostly like, let's just make it like the record, guys. Yeah. The people who are touring with you are not the people who played in studio with you? Mm-mm. No. Is that by design? No, not really. Yeah. Like, I'll do things where I'll bring in a bunch of different people, like friends, and be like, yeah. oh, let's see what we come up with, you know? And, like, some of it I'll use, some of it I won't, you yeah. know? Like, it's, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I never know. Like, on Interstellar, there was, like, so many people that played on that thing. Like, I knew, I knew a guy who was like, oh, this guy's, like, the best at this at tremolo picking. Mm-hmm. Let's bring him in. Mm-hmm. Not Pat. Yeah. And I brought him in for one part. You know, so it's like it's like it's just like figuring out how the puzzle pieces fit together. Totally. Yeah. And that's really fun for me. That's like super fun. Super fun. I have a great time doing that. Do you think the record is stronger because you you had that much control over everything? Mm, I don't know. I honestly don't know what makes a strong record. I can honestly tell you I have no idea. I feel kind of the same about all of them. Are you a bad judge of your own music? Sure. Probably. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Your I mean your opinions of the records must change over time. Yeah. There's some things I hear and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Why do I do that? And the other things I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Or things that I thought sucked that now I listen to them like that's really good. Wow. It's painful, but you do have to actually go back and listen because you have to play them live. Usually not. Yeah, that's yeah. usually the yeah. this scenario. I'm like, how does that go? Yeah. Obviously, like you're not very far removed from this record, and has it even technically come out yet? Nope. But how do you feel about like just in general? How does this compare? I have no idea yet. No, I don't know yet. I'll know in like two years, probably. <laughs> not even in terms of like uh, qualitative, but like is is it just a different record? It really is. 
How is it different? I don't think it's, I think it's like genreless. Like, I don't know what it, I don't know what genre-less. it is. Genreless. Yeah, I don't really think like, like, I don't know. Like everything sounds different or it's just. Like, I, I, like, I don't know how you would like, I don't know. It's its own thing. Like, I don't think it like fits into some like category. Yeah. Kind of. I don't really know you what it is. You felt like the older records A did A little more. bit more maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But this sounds, does it sound like the old records to you? This one? No. 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 I think it's different. I think it's a lot more like pop. Yeah. Straightforward pop sounding. I mean, it sounded like when you, you were describing Interstellar that that was the goal was to make a poppier record. Poppier. Yeah. But this is like, poppiest. I think maybe so. Yeah. Why is that the case? I don't know. This I think w- that's what I wanted to hear at the time. Yeah. I was like, I want to make a record that's like more fun. Yeah. Or something. Is it possible that you were like, yeah, I've been feeling kind of shitty. I want to make a happier record subconsciously yeah i don't think i've ever been like i'm gonna make this kind of a record yeah like this genre of music like it's gonna sound like this yeah i go back and forth in terms of like when i'm when i'm feeling depressed whether the the best thing is to try to listen to like the happiest music possible or to to really sort of wallow in that self-pity for a while sometimes all i can do is listen to npr yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but obviously, like so, you know, some of the, some of the best albums have sort of come out of that like dark period. Like a lot of really good breakup records out there. True. Yeah. Yeah. But you you ended up not on purpose going in the opposite direction. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know what it is. But sort of juxtaposing, so at least in the case of I haven't I haven't heard the full record yet. But in case in the case of that single, sort of juxtaposing is a pretty dark subject matter. It is. Yeah, I think it is, actually. If the lyrics are coming out or- organically in the studio, along to, if you're putting setting dark lyrics to some of the poppiest music you've made, how does that happen? I don't know. I don't know how any of this yeah. happens. That's the real mystery to me. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how I made this record. I have no idea how I made it. You can't overthink it, but that like that's the, the scary thing about it, too, is if you sort of depend on divine inspiration too much like that's you can really kind of paint yourself into a corner right if you if you wait for something to come along there's a chance that it's just not going to Nah, it always will yeah <laughs> i think so you do have to set some parameters for yourself i had a musician on a singer songwriter and she she told me that she realized that in order to actually like really sort of be productive and start writing music like she had to set basically had to set work hours for herself oh yeah i know i had to do that yeah for sure just in the beginning yeah for me it's always the beginning of this the stuff what does that entail just Setting being like the alarm. i'm going well i you know i i yeah, I wake up so early no matter what. It's I'm a crazy morning person, yeah. like a psycho morning person. I wake up at like 7 a.m. That's it's really crazy. It's a weird quality in a musician. I know. Do you write better in the morning? I do everything better in the morning. Yeah. I'm like totally useless at night. Yeah. Ask anybody. You wake up at 7, you force yourself to sit down and... Mm-hmm. Like do a few hours. Like write a song, even if it's like, even if I think it's like no good. Yeah. Like... I mean, I haven't done this in a while. I would like to start again, but I don't really know when I'm going to have time now. Probably not until I get back from tour, but... You're not able to write on tour? No. You're like in a car. You're like in a van. Everyone's like in the van. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, yeah, setting work hours. It it is. I I think it's probably like being like a novelist or something. I've heard the same. Unless you're just like constantly this inspired songwriting person, but I don't... 
I kind of have to sit down and set work hours. And then at what point is it clear that it's time to actually get to the studio and start turning it into a record? Well, nowadays, now the like for me, the only thing I really need out of a studio is like if I'm going to if I'm really honestly, the only, the only thing I need out of a studio is if I'm going to record drums live. And or live amp live like amp sounds or like stuff that's that I want not that's out of the bo- out of the box um but so much of that you can also do not in a studio yeah wait so so you're doing you're doing a fair amount of production on your own at this point i mean i i can yeah. I, and i did on this yeah. record there wasn't like the only time i re- i mean i was in studios but not like on purpose like yeah. it didn't have to be in a fancy studio like i could have done everything like a lot of it was done like i I did my drums and bass in two days at Converse Studio, RAP, by the way, for free. Yeah. Because they were amazing and they just let you go in and do that. You can book, and it's a crazy studio. Yeah. And they give you an engineer and the whole thing. Doesn't that change the dynamic of the record if you're doing it so piecemeal? No. I mean, I don't know. You tell me. That's how I've always done it. Yeah. I don't, uh, I mean, I think it's, no. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I think it depends on like who you are. If you're like Nico Case or something, maybe. Yeah. But like, for me, no, I don't think so. I mean, everything I do is so layered. It's so built on everything else. Yeah. And so you're not, so you're not even really thinking about the next record, but you are sure that you're going to make another record at this point. Yeah. It's all I know how to do. I think. Yeah. Pretty sure. So you just, I'm, I'm, I bartend sometimes. I'm not even, I'm not a very good bartender. I'm good at talking to people. Yeah. But like, I'll probably give you the wrong drink. I have a younger cousin who wanted to be be a journalist um. want to move to new york and be a journalist and i you know i gave him the same talk that somebody gave me when i wanted to do it which is i think it's it's a little cliche but it's fair which is like, if you absolutely can't see yourself doing anything else then this is the thing you should do but it's this is a really like hard path to take yeah. But it sounds like for you, it's like, yeah, maybe you can't do anything else. No, I don't really so know maybe, how to do anything else. So maybe you made the, so maybe you're doing exactly what you should be doing. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I just, yeah, no, I, I learned that. That's like what I learned, like going, going to LA and coming back. And, and I, that like, I'm definitely like on the dead moon trajectory. I'm just going to make records. So I'm old yeah. and deaf. <laughs> it's not a. Not, not regardless of who listens you know yeah regardless of money regardless of label like because of because i like it and it's fun yeah. and i it's just what i do i mean the, di- the dynamic definitely changes when you're not a you know 22 year old in bushwick versus gosh i know i don't know anything about that i mean <laughs> you, you know you, you you live that life I mean, you, you know, you were, well, yeah, but you were, you were, you were, you know, a youngster in some pretty cool bands. I mean, how does this compare? Is this more enjoyable? Is it harder? Is it easier? Mm, I'm all, let me get back to you. I don't want to use the V word, but. Wait, what's the V word? People call you a veteran. Oh God, that's their favorite thing. Indie rock veteran. Which is so funny. I totally should be on like a bus by now or something. (laughs) I should be playing Coachella or whatever. Um, but I'm not, but, uh, you know, yeah. How does it compare? I mean, when I was 22 playing in punk bands was the funnest time of my life. Yeah. It was so fun. And there was, but there was no, like, there was no like stakes. It was yeah. just fun. 
it changes when it's your life. It does. It really does change things when it's like your livelihood. When it's a or career. Like, yeah, and if it becomes yeah. a career. It does change things for you. And not. I don't think necessarily for the better, but you know, no, not not for yeah. the better. Um, but um, yeah, I don't. I can't be like. I, it de- it definitely changes as you get older. I don't want to be like. You need a certain level of comfort, I think, or yeah. like I do yeah. at this point. But, you know, I can't, what's really nice and really refreshing is also that I care a lot less. <laughs> About? Yeah, anything. Like, I'm just like, I don't, it's just not like any huge deals, you know? Like, yeah. I remember when I would like, I just, I remember what it's like to be in like a band that like was getting buzz and like yeah. people are writing about you and you're like on the trip. I call it like you're on the trip. Yeah. Like you like, Ugh, you think you're such a big deal or whatever. Or like every little thing that's written about you is like, you think it's like a big thing or you just think you're, you think things are more important than they are. It has the potential to be more enjoyable when it's not life and death. Totally. Yeah. But I think that when you think the stakes are really high, it's like, this is going to be it for us. Or like, yeah. you know, we're going to go big time. But you can enjoy the process more when, you make, when you're when you actually making music for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Which, in a way, you, you are now. I am. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely am, for sure. And do, do you think, you think ultimately the music's better for it? Don't know. I feel the same way about all my records. Yeah. I really do. We'll let Pitchfork decide. Ian Cohen, I know where you are. That was Frankie Rose. Really, really big fan of her stuff. Really enjoy that conversation. Uh, She's got a new album that is out as of last week. It's called Cage Tropical. Um, as per as per that interview, I, I sent her an email congratulating her for her pitchfork rating of seven point seven. Well deserved. So congratulations to her. Uh, really, really enjoy that record. Highly recommend you check that out. And pretty much everything that she does. Uh, big fan of her solo stuff. Thanks so much to her for taking the time to do that. Thanks to Daniel and Josh for help setting up that conversation. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to the program. If you like the show, easiest way and cheapest way to support us is to rate us over on iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Like us on Facebook. If you do have a couple of bucks to send our way, we do have a Patreon Uh, which would be appreciated. We don't run ads anymore. I'm doing all of the editing myself at the moment. Pretty much losing money doing the show right now with the uh, hosting costs. So a few pennies you could toss our way would be greatly appreciated. If you have any feedback, it's rwellcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rwellcast.tumblr.com. That is the first and best place to get all of your R-I-Y-L related information. I think that's about all I got for this week. Lots and lots of good shows lined up. Really excited. It's about this time next week with another episode of R-I-Y-L.